Hello and welcome to Connected, episode 340. It's made possible by our sponsors, Hello, Smile, and Squarespace. My name is Stephen Hackett, and I'm joined by Mr. Federico Vitici. Hello, Stephen. How are you? Welcome back. It is good to be back. I am well. Thank you all for holding down How, the fort last your, week. How's your email? It's great. We will get into that. We have a lot of follow-up. <laughs> we are also joined by Mr. Mike Hurley. Arrivederci. That's not what you say when you say hi. <laughs> That's literally goodbye. Why would you say yeah, goodbye? Oh, yeah, okay, One and done bye. today. I've cashed uh, my check. I'm out of here. <laughs> that was it. I just I put in my little moment. Mike, there's no well, check. Then I'll stick around. <laughs> All right, let's do the show then. <laughs> Follow up. We got a lot of email because you guys wanted people to email me, which I enjoy. Yeah. Uh, and I really enjoyed this email from listener Carlos, who wrote in just to say that he missed me having on the episode. Uh, Carlos, right? Quote unquote, Carlos. Yeah, everyone knows that Stephen's middle name is Carlos. That's not true at all. Stephen, Carlos is you, right? No. Stephen Carlos Hackett. I mean, come on. It's fine. Come on. It's, no. We all know it's really you. I'm pretty sure at some point you said to us years ago on iMessage that if you could have like a like a like a like an exotic name, you would pick Carlos. And now of all people who, who wrote in to say that they really miss Stephen, Carlos wrote in. Sure. Carlos at 512pixels.net. <laughs> Full URL there. It's like the name that Steven uses when he doesn't want to be recognized online. It's Carlos Voorhees. <laughs> <laughs> One true Carlos. One true Carlos. <laughs> All right. We also got an email from Jed about the shortcut URLs. Federico, can you uh, take this one for us? I ask, uh, Jed notes how um, last week we mentioned how Apple was never able to recover the old workflow.is links for old workflows shared by people. But it turns out that there's sort of a workaround way to actually use those links still in 2021. And the way you do them is um, you got to open them in a, in a new or background tab in Safari or another browser on your device. And then it redirects you to the iCloud link. So it seems like huh. if you tap those links directly, it takes you to shortcuts uh, and it doesn't work anymore. But if you open in a background tab, it loads the web version of the link. And so it appears that Apple is still doing that migration from workflow.is to iCloud.com. So just make sure that you open them in a background tab. And from there, you will get the, uh, the installation button, the get shortcut button on the iCloud.com webpage. Just remember, do not open those links in shortcuts directly. So you can go back and visit one of my old uh, workflow stories and you can still download those workflows as shortcuts. See, this feels like something that's going to stop working now because you mentioned it. Y yes, yes. Uh, well, uh, I don't know. I feel you, like this is just. You, Jed. It, um, the, I feel like this is just one of those things where the when when it's trying to open the app automatically, it's failing, right? So like these links do exist. It's just if it does the oh now I'm going to open it in the app, the app doesn't know what to do about it, even though the link exists. Like you know, like sometimes you would get this where you're trying to like I don't know open a YouTube video or whatever. And you don't want it to open in the YouTube app, so you just open it in the in like a tab, and and, mm. and it stops from the what is that redirection called? You know, like when it when it opens up for you in the application instead of where you want it to go, like just in a web browser. Deep like linking. 
deep linking. There you go. Like, because yes. that's I think that's what this seems like, right? That this is an issue with workflow yes. links, deep linking to shortcuts yes. that don't work. Yeah, it looks like it. Um, I have some real time follow up, guys. Amazing. iOS fourteen point five beta seven is out. Also, watchOS seven point four, but all the beta sevens are out today Amazing. which is just fantastic news for me because i took like 50 screenshots a few days ago <laughs> and um and now i don't well i don't think i'm gonna have to redo them i think it's fine uh no, i, see, I don't you? think there's gonna be anything new in this beta either because they did the new siri voices last week um i believe 14.5 is coming out soon so it's good that they're ramping up the beta releases I have. Did you see that Apple did a press release just before we began the show today about the tile? For Find My. Yeah. Yes. That is also something that Apple announced today. They had a, an official introduction for the third party integrations in the Find My app. Uh, I only skimmed the press release, but it seems like Apple teamed up with a bunch of third party manufacturers for all kinds of accessories, including Stephen, a bike, I believe, um, that you Sweet. will be able to. I think the official terminology is locate with Apple Find My. There's an official badge and everything. Uh, so you will find this logo on these new accessories uh, that say, the logo says, locate, locate with Apple Find My. And you know, why that, isn't that's it find? Why not find with Find My? Like it's just, that's more fun. Apple Find you know? would have been nice as a name uh-huh. with Apple Find. Uh, I don't know what, they must really like Find My. So yeah. Van Moves S3 and X3 e-bikes, Belkin Sound Form Freedom True Wireless Earbuds, and the Chipolo oh, the One Spot one. Item Finder. What? Just going to say, what? guys, don't think there's been a great take-up. Did you I'm say Chipotle? Say. Oh, no, Chipotle. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Chipotle. <laughs> if you need to find your burrito. <laughs> I'm just going to say, don't think there's been a great take-up for the Find My program so far because <laughs> this is a I, real ragtag I mean, group kinda, of stuff. <laughs> I kind of really want the van move. <laughs> like, where, where can I shop van move? Yeah, uh, those bikes are sweet. I think that's very much clearly the winner of these, right? The van move? Yeah, I mean, who's buying Belkin Soundform Freedom True Wireless you know, Earbuds? You know John oh. Bohr, he's just going to buy them. You know he's going to do it. The Chipotle tracker doesn't ship until June. <laughs> yeah. <Chipotle tracker. laughs> and it's just one of these little tracking things. What is Chipolo? I've never heard of this company before. Chipolo, Chipolo they do... What do they do? The finder with the reminder. This is... Wait, it what? It seems like this is their whole thing. It's just... I mean, the Chipolo one spot. A special edition of the... It's like a tile tracker? Yeah, is that's it? all it is. I mean, okay. Yeah. It's a tile tracker. But it's a com- it's just a company that doesn't care about having their own service, I guess. Yeah. They make their money on just selling you. Life is discs. messy, finding your things doesn't have to be. They make a keyboard cool. thing. They have one that looks like a card, but it looks like the one spot, the keychain one, is what's going to ship in June. I mean, maybe 14.5 is never coming out. <laughs> 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 it's just gonna be in beta forever and then 14.6 is gonna happen alright I put my my email in their list to contact me when it's available I'm torn between buying the Chipolo one spot or the Van Move um, mostly because I really like saying Van Move mm-hmm. like it's a satisfying word to say so well 
is the the van move x3 costs 1798 pounds federico so sure you know i mean I've, choose your poison really i i don't think the chipolo is going to cost that money i've bought headphone cables that cost that much nah, so. nope. yeah no don't say that don't say hey, that uh, uh, what do you mean don't say that you said that <laughs> you said no it. one else said no, it i was, you I said was it. saying that to myself i was reminding it to myself like uh, right anyway yes that was real time follow-up uh, speaking of content creators and their money, Clubhouse is here to save us all. Ah. They announced the other day that they are going to be rolling out payments, which is monetization within Clubhouse. Basically, you can select a creator in Clubhouse mm. and the amount that you want to send. You give Clubhouse your credit card number and they use Stripe and send the money to the creator. So it's it's not using in-app purchase or anything like that it's just mm. a credit card form in an app using stripe which and apple is okay with it well see that's the thing it seems like they wouldn't be okay with this because it's basically bypassing their cut so i don't know technically this is a person-to-person payment because you don't get anything from what i can understand so if i want to give steven money in clubhouse please okay i don't get anything for it Right, except for having given Stephen some money. Hmm. So it's not a digital good. There's no digital good that's been exchanged. I've just given him some money. And if Clubhouse takes no money from it... Ah, so it's like a Venmo type thing, which is like your... Yeah, it's more like a person-to-person payment via Stripe. So like... Uh, yeah, I guess. It's kind of like I can buy things... You in other applications, like I can in Instagram, I can put my credit card number in in the web browser. Yeah, same with the Amazon app. And so I don't, I don't know about this because I don't see, I don't see what Apple could want to take money for. And you might think to yourself, hey, but what about Twitch? Hey. Right. But on Twitch, like Amazon, Twitch is taking money. So, and you you also get benefits for subscribing to somebody on Twitch. Like, you actually get stuff for that. So so you think that's the line, that if they were doing this and you could unlock special paid-only streams, then maybe they'd run afoul of the rules? And or if Clubhouse took a cut. I think if Clubhouse took a cut, they it would also, it would have to go through an app purchase. But Clubhouse is taking no money, so there's no 30% 30 to take from. I don't know. This is is an interesting line. Uh, it's publicized enough that Apple definitely know about it if they didn't before, right? They know about it now. I'm going to be keen to see what happens with this, but I can't see how they would... I, I don't know what argument Apple has for this. Like, there's no digital good being exchanged of any kind here, from what I can see. Okay, but I mean, at this point, the real question is, which one of these growth hackers do we want to support on Clubhouse? Whichever one's the best one, I guess. So I we can know. hack our growth most efficiently. I kind of want to give my money to, to a bunch of those people. Um, but like $1? Can you send $1 to a Clubhouse I, I growth know. hacker? Prob- probably. probably. Cool. They're rolling this out uh, at the moment. Like anyone can pay, but only a certain select amount can actually receive money, if that makes sense. So, you know, Federico, you could go find your favorite growth hacker, but it has to be one of the, your favorite growth hackers who's part of the... Uh, clubhouse sure. club i only tip well. my favorites absolutely yes well i can do it now because my iphone is rebooting to install the beta but i will do it as soon as it's back 
Uh, Mike, can you close out the story of the AirPods Max? Yeah, actually, because the battery life problem seems to have been completely solved. Sweet. Like I've left, I left my AirPods for a week, like just purposely, just left them, and they. I don't remember where I started and where I ended up. That wasn't the thing, because basically, if I would have done that before, it would one hundred percent have been dead. And there was still battery life. Like I picked them up today, I hadn't touched them mm-hmm. for a week. I had sixty percent battery. I hadn't charged them. So I, I believe that the firmware update from a couple of weeks ago or a month or so ago has fixed all of the battery life issues that I was having with the AirPods Max. And so now I am enjoying them again because I didn't really want to say this at the time, but I'd stopped using them because they were so frustrating to me. But now this week, I've been using them again because I don't feel like I'm like playing Russian roulette with the battery every time I pick them up. So mm. I'm very pleased that uh, my expensive, but I think very nice earphones, uh, earphones, AirPods, whatever sure. they're called, are working again. I never stopped using them, but I also noticed the battery life improvement. Um, so yes, I'm very happy with them. Yeah, I've, I've, it's just I had like a bad taste from them. You know what I mean? Like it was just like I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't enjoying the product because every time I was picking them up, I was getting angry about it. So I just mm-hmm. stopped using them for a bit. Um, and but now I'm back on the AirPods Max train again. Nice, cool. I'm glad it fixed it. Yeah, I'm. I'm just happy that it wasn't. It wasn't like a hardware flaw. It seems like because that yeah. was my concern, mm-hmm. right? Like my theory was it was the proximity sensors. I still think it might have been the proximity sensors that were causing the issue. Um, but they have, seems to have done something in the firmware that has changed. I guess the way that they're being. Uh, that's the way something's working anyway. So I'm pleased. I have some. Real-time breaking news. Okay. Breaking news. Breaking okay. news, just because we didn't breaking read Breaking news. Just because it came out when we were recording, so we were skimming it. But that PR release about Apple Find My Stuff says that the new products will be available beginning next week. So, 14.5 out next week. Uh-oh. I'm ready. No, no, no. I have over 7,000 words ready to go, baby. It's all done. All taken care of. I don't care anymore. Thank you to Jay Bradley in the Discord for pointing that out to us. Uh, hopefully we can uh, check this stuff out. What is that thing you're doing? It's the breaking news sound. What is the breaking news sound? That, that sound. But like a fanfare? What is it? It's like a little Morse code type thing. This episode of Connected is brought to you by our friends over at Hello. Hello makes insanely comfortable buckwheat pillows. If you haven't tried one of these, they're actually really different from like regular fluffy pillows. They support your head and neck. They don't collapse under the weight of your head like traditional pillows. And they stay cool and dry. So you don't have to like turn it over in the middle of the night to the cool side. It's always cool because it breathes better. It doesn't get all warm and humid. Plus, you can add or remove filling to suit your needs so your pillow can be just the way you like it. These have been popular for a really long time in places like Japan, and they're on fancy hotels' pillow menus, which one day I promise I will get to partake in. We got one of these a couple of years ago, and my daughter stole it. Uh, she, she went to it immediately, so we were able to adjust it for her, take out uh, some of the buckwheat, and uh, she really enjoys it, and I haven't gotten it back yet. Hello is made in the USA with quality construction and materials. The certified organic cotton case is cut and sewn for durability, and the buckwheat is grown and milled in the United States. So if you're 
curious to try one, you can try it for 60 nights. So sleep on it. And if it's not for you, you can send it back for a refund. Head on over to hellopillow.com slash connected to get your own buckwheat pillow. That's H-U-L-L-O pillow.com slash connected. And if you buy more than one, they have a special discount up to $20 off depending on the size you're looking at. They have fast free shipping with every order and 1% of all profits are donated to the Nature Conservancy. So give it a try. If you love it, you keep it. And if you don't, just send it back. Head on over to hellopillow.com slash connected right now. Our thanks to Hello for the support of the show and Relay FM. All right. This caught my eye. Uh, there was a report on Mac Rumors yesterday about the adoption rate of iOS 14. So according to data collected by Mixpanel, iOS 14 is now installed on 90% of all compatible devices. Uh, that's less than seven months after launch. And it got me thinking, like, is that fast? Is that slow? Is it good? Is it bad? And so I went and looked up the iOS 13 numbers. So in June 2020, so nine months after iOS 13 had been released, it was pretty far behind. Uh, the company uh, said then that 81% of iPhone and iPod Touch devices were running iOS 13, while just 73% of iPads were running iPad OS. So I think 13's reputation in the beginning, I don't think it ever really outgrew that is kind of how I, how I read this. Yeah, and people were burned, you know, from all those bugs and issues uh, that iOS 13 had at launch. And if you remember, there was a report on Bloomberg by Mark Gurman saying how following the bad reception to iOS 13, Apple was going to change how they were going to make um, iOS. And I mean, which was kind of ironic because after all, they did have to change how they worked on iOS because the pandemic happened. So yeah, you did change your process for uh, working on new versions of iOS, but I guess for different reasons. Still, uh, I do remember like when iOS 13 came out, that was the super weird initial release when they did like first only iOS came out, then iPadOS came out at the end of the month, but iPadOS 13.0 never really came out. The first version of iPadOS was 13.1. Well, don't don't forget that uh, well 13 did ship, but only if you bought the new iPhone. Remember? No, I think you could you could also download it. Uh, no, but like, do you remember that that was the year where it came out on the iPhone first because they had to put it on there? Yes, it came to the iPhone first. And it was first. only on the new ones. And then 13.1 or whatever it was shipped on the older phones. It was like super up and down. It was a very weird one. And then they did like, like before the end of the year, I think there were like eight or nine software updates to iOS 13. It was not good. Well. Yeah, but Apple can uh, thank underscore David Smith for that ninety percent because of uh, Widget Smith. Widget and, Smith, and I genuinely screen. believe yeah, this totally. Like widgets in general, and I think Widget Smith predominantly because it was the most popular. Uh, I think that that drove adoption of iOS fourteen in like the first few months, and those statistics make me feel like if like it just confirms what i think we were all thinking anyway that there will be mm -hmm. some kind of enhancements to widgets this year i think that for a little bit do you feel like young people are still using widget smith and like custom home screens 
I mean, I think so. I, I, I did look recently, and in the UK at least, like Widget Smith was like still in the top 20. Like, I think it's still a thing. I mean, I know I use it. I think if you get used to using widgets, um, mm. you don't you don't like stop using them. They just become a part of your home screen. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I really hope that those young people refer to David as Widget Daddy. That's what I would <laughs> call David. <laughs> That's what I would do. Uh, but seriously, though, <laughs> I really do feel like there's a case to be made for... Um, having more home screen customizations in iOS 15 than maybe Apple would have expected last year because of the response that we've seen to apps like Widgetsmith and in general, like the response to widgets and customization. I think Apple must have seen this coming to an extent, right? Mm -hmm. But I think they must have also been surprised But just how much people have been into it. And when you think about it, this was also part of my conclusion in the iOS 14 review, I think it's also because of the times that we're living in right now that people were so into home screen customization. First of all, because it was like a nice way to to spend your time at home just fiddling with your iPhone. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we're all locked in and we have time to waste. And so let's just make a bunch of custom icons and spend time finding the perfect wallpaper and all of that. And also, more broadly speaking, I feel like now more than ever, personalization and customization are really important more than before because we are using these devices so much, uh, whether it's for, like again, wasting time or for starting from home or working from home. And so it was kind of the, obviously not ideal that we're living in a pandemic, but as far as home screen customization goes, it was sort of like the perfect storm scenario for Apple uh, this time around. And so... They should do. They should do more things in iOS 15. My concern is that by focusing on iOS 15 again, we're gonna have to wait another year to get widgets on iPad, which uh, that would be super annoying. I think that we might see stuff like the home, like customization of widgets and that kind of stuff, be like for for the first version of iOS, what like emoji is for the later ones of like picking people up, you know. And so I think that that's something that we could that we could see for sure um, is seeing more of this stuff to try and pick bring people in. It's always I think it's in Apple's best interest to find things that can get people to upgrade, right? Like that's what they want to happen. And this is clearly something that took off in the mainstream, like emoji. I would just be I would be very surprised if we don't see like and hey, this is what we're doing with widgets this year. Like I would be really surprised if if they don't have some kind of update at WWDC for that. Talking about the visuals, um, there was a... saw this on Mac Rumors. Apple has an app called Apple Music for Artists, uh, which is effectively the Apple Music version of App Store Connect, which is also pertinent to this discussion. Both of these applications uh, in the last five or six months have received updates for their icons, uh, App Store Connect was first in October, and then the Apple Music uh, for Artists was uh, a couple of days ago. And they have both have a very distinct visual style. They're both white icons with a, a kind of line that runs around the outside, um, and then the the logo in the middle, the mm. App Store logo or the Music logo, which is recessed and has some depth to it, has a bit of life to it. Also kind of reminiscent, honestly, of a Big Sur icon, like that there is actual depth in in the icons. But like the opposite depth, right? Like Big Sur icons are like 
coming they out of the yeah, icons. Yeah, they, 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 there's also an app called Transporter, which I don't know what that is, but that came from... Uh, how did we decide on saying <laughs> Joe's name? Rossignol. There you go. Of Mac Rumors, who's in uh, the Relay FM members Discord right now. I don't know what Transporter is, but it's an application where you, quote, upload content to Apple. It says right there, upload content to Apple. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I guess we all use Transporter all the time. <laughs> you know, look, look, it could be easy to say that this is just like a could be anything, but this also could be a... Uh, design trend that they will be going on for iOS 15 of adding a bit more depth and life to yeah. these um, a- a- application icons because it's something that they started with Big Sur. Maybe they would bring it to uh, iOS too. My theory that I shared privately in iMessage last night, which I am going to make public right now, is that they are going to use uh, the Big Sur icons as like the model for the iOS icons in the sense that you know how you have like, you know, like wax seals, right? That you're mm-hmm. stamp when you're stamping things. So like mm-hmm. the Big Sur icons, because they are 3D, right? What's the opposite of recessed, Mike? You deal with paper and that kind of stuff. You must know these things. It's like embossed and debossed. Yeah, that thing. So basically the Big Sur icons will, like, these new iOS icons are what happens if you stamp a Big Sur icons on a screen, you get the recessed effect. That's my theory. Oh, so, okay. If you took, (laughs) like, the Maps icon and smushed it onto some clay... Yes. What you'd be left with is the iOS icon. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they go together now. <laughs> what you get is the new style. So you take oh. a Big Sur icon, you smush it on a piece of... Smush know, it. On, yes. Will they be backwards then? They can't think too much about this. Okay. <laughs> well, they can't... No, they, they will be backwards, obviously. That's not good. You don't want that. So okay, so we 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 smush the icons together and then put them in a mirror. Right there, you go. Yes, it's. I mean, yes. the transporter one is like you could pour liquid into that arrow and it would hold it. I like the look. I think it's cool. I hope we see more of this depth returning to the interface. I tried Good Task out. So okay. So we were talking. So last time both Federico and I decided that Tick Tick wasn't for us. How did that make you feel, Stephen? Were you okay with that? Uh, I have a lot of things to talk to you about that, but not for today. So Okay. So we, I decided Tick Tick wasn't for me. So I thought, all right, I'm going to download Good Task again. Good Task also doesn't do the main thing that I want to do, um, which is the thing that I described, like that I like with OmniFocus. I didn't like it with Tick Tick, which is adding uh, multiple tags to a task um, that can be arbitrarily named. Good task also wants the tag to be all one word, which I don't mm. like. What I like in OmniFocus, I like have multiple words. It's just like a little thing that I attach to. I put emoji in it and stuff, and I, and I like that. Um, and it also kind of, you know, it. Good task is daunting. It really is. It's tick tick and good task are almost like mirror images of each other, where like tick tick looks really simple. But you can get that's got like so many features if you just look around for them. And Good Task just has a lot of features and you see them immediately. <laughs> like that it, it's it like care about hiding them. It's very much in your face. Ultimately, I've realized that the system that I have built for myself and that I like right now is just it's best it's best served by OmniFocus. So it's one I'm gonna stick with. I will say 
I I don't like the UI of either of these applications. Ultimately, like good task or tick tick for very different reasons. Like I think I, I kind of touched on it already, but good task is like super busy. You know, like it does it doesn't feel like an iOS app in its own way. <laughs> it's like that's just how about everything. And then I remembered the thing that annoyed me the most, which I know I can turn off, but this annoyed me the first time I tried it, which is the 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 good morning notification <laughs> yes, the good task yeah. sends you and it says good morning my friend <laughs> yeah and i just like i don't want an application to wish me good morning <laughs> and we're not friends also like but it's like this is an application like my task manager for me is like this application's notifications are some of the more important notifications that i get so i like um, like i see it, it's like oh what does it say Oh, it's like, you know, like I, I look at my phone, look on my phone and it's locked. So I don't get the notification preview. Right. And it's like, good task. Like, oh, pick it up. Good morning. Uh, shut up. Good task. <laughs> right. Like I don't, I don't want this. Not now. Uh, so okay. that wasn't the, that, that was the reason I uninstalled the app because like before then I was like, ah, I don't think this is right for me. Maybe I'll come back to it. And I saw that notification and I thought to myself, this isn't going to work. And then I removed both good task and tick tick from my phone. Because I've just realized, like, I don't, I don't need a new task manager right now. I'm, as I said before, mostly happy with OmniFocus, mm. um, and the ways that I've got it, the the things that I don't like about it, I've mostly been able to build my own functionality and shortcuts and stuff for it to get to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I really like the flexibility that I've been able to build in that system via the use of. T- tags and perspectives and this is just not really a thing that other applications want to do in the same way um and this yeah all of these apps are built with different mentalities in mind uh and this is the OmniFocus one no that makes sense i understand why this is not the app for you and and especially with all those settings and all that complexity you know a lot of uh, a lot of the i think a lot of the best apps on the on Apple platforms are the ones that strike that balance of hiding complexity from you, but also having tons of power user features. And GoodTask has a lot of power user features, but it just mm-hmm. doesn't care about hiding the complexity from you or <laughs> having a scalable sense of complexity, right? That when you get st- when you start with the app, it looks simple, but then it's sort of like sort of like progressive disclosure, if you will, that that complexity is progressively revealed to you. No, it just doesn't care about that. It's one of the only apps that I've ever used that does that thing that so many apps does which is like hey let me talk you through how we work here you yeah. know like and you're going and then it's like all of a sudden here's everything like <laughs> usually applications that bother to have one of those like splash screen intro things would then i don't know try and hold your hand a little bit more this one does not it does it does not want to hold your hand yeah no it just <laughs> it doesn't hold anything no it doesn't care it throws you off a cliff and leaves you there uh, <laughs> <laughs> so here's what i've been thinking about task managers which is sort of also connects us to our next topic because i think they're kind of related i've been doing especially over the past year i've been rebuilding and rethinking about a lot of aspects of my of my setup in general Uh, we talked about how i switched email clients i've been on a whole journey with read later apps that eventually concluded last week in mac stories weekly Um, i've been i've been changing a lot of things and 
the one aspect that I'm still not sure about is the task manager, right? I'm using good task and I'm happy about it. And of all the ones that I, that I tested, it's definitely the best one for me at the moment. But the more I, um, I think about like myself in the context of Federico as a person managing tasks, the more I realize that wh where I really struggle in my professional life is in reconciling how much time I spend taking notes and writing and creating tasks for that text content. Like, I, I keep struggling with this, uh, th this problem of I'm writing documentation for Mac stories or I'm working on a long-form article for the site. And there's a task that, you know, imagine this long document. There's a task that belongs to a specific portion of the document and there's this disconnect between the document I'm working on. Again, it can be creative work or it can be admin work. It doesn't matter. I'm still working with text. And there's this disconnect between the document and the task manager. And I've tried to solve this issue a bunch of, in a bunch of different ways over the years. And I still haven't found the solution. And what I end up doing is, yeah, I can work with my task manager and my writing app of choice side by side in split view but it's just that disconnect between you know this line of text that contains something that i gotta do and the task manager that contains the same task but it's completely disconnected from that piece of text and so i end up creating like this double references in my system right so i leave a reminder in ia writer for example but then I also recreate a task that says the same thing, but it's in my task manager because that's the only place where I can have a date and I can have like proper task attributes. Hmm. And so I feel like I'm, work I'm doing this work twice and I've been doing this for years. Like I leave reminders in my iOS reviews when I'm writing them in IA Writer and I leave little tasks for me in, in Craft when I'm working on documents for Mac Stories and for the club. I all, I've always been doing this. The only time when I sort of found a solution for this, I think it was three or four years ago, when I was using drafts at the time as my text editor. And that's the only time where I kind of put together a system that fixed this. I remember I had a script and I wrote about it. It must be in a Max or his weekly newsletter. Boy, if only there was an easy way to search those. <laughs> it's like, burn, but also... <laughs> <laughs> um, I had this script that scanned my document for reminders I left to myself with a specific syntax that I came up with. And basically that script created reminders in the Reminders app and linked those with drafts. So like, there, I put together this two-way communication between drafts and reminders that was sort of close to my ideal of because I I feel like I've always been chasing this dream of can I connect my task manager and my note taking app or my text editor in some way and I don't know sometimes I think about it and I realize boy what I what I'm really seeking here is hypercard 
and having these systems <laughs> that can embed <laughs> one within the other. <laughs> I mean, what an idea, right? Um, but yeah, so that thing, it still doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. I came close to it years ago, but it was sort of hacky and, you know... Does it make sense what I'm trying to explain? Yeah, it does. And I don't I think, think it's ideal. I don't think it's ideal that I end up creating these tasks twice, basically. Well, you know, TickTick has full markdown support in the notes, so you could just <laughs> no, write. I'm not writing my articles in TickTick, Stephen. In nope. TickTick. Nope. This episode of Connected is brought to you by our friends at Smile and their application PDF Pen. Does your PDF editor allow you to secure documents? do OCR scanning, fill out and sign forms? Does it allow you to do all of that on the go and at a low cost? PDF Pen does. PDF Pen is the all-purpose PDF editor that also allows you to improve your workflow and productivity, add signatures, text, and images, make changes, and correct typos. Just the other day, I had to scan a bunch of PDFs, and I needed them to be... OCR'd. I needed to be able to, to get the information out of them. And so I turned to PDF Pen on my Mac and it was spectacular. I can search those PDFs now. It does a great job. Uh, this is really a tool you need if you work with PDFs at all. And you can keep everything synced because PDF Pen and PDF Pen Pro work with PDF Pen for iPad and iPhone for seamless editing across devices using cloud services like iCloud, Dropbox, Google Drive, OneDrive, etc. You can learn more about PDF Pen and PDF Pen Pro at pdfpen.com slash podcast. That's pdfpen.com slash podcast. Our thanks to PDF Pen from Smile for the support of the show and Relay FM. So we had a, an email from Matthew uh, saying, you guys talk a lot about task managers. What do you use to track ideas for the future? And so they list some examples like future discussions, you know, content, mm -hmm. features, app ideas, et cetera. And I thought this was really interesting because I actually just went through this where before I would leave, like, say, ideas for 512 articles just at the bottom of my 512 pixels to do list. And then every once in a while, I would just promote one of them with a date and say, I'm going to write this one today. But I was never really happy with that because it was sort of all intermixed with other stuff. And so I actually recently took this sort of idea tracking and put it into things. And so I have a things list for columns I want to write, streams I want to host, videos I want to make. And then I can go through there and pick what looks good and then you know, bring it into my task manager when I'm going to actually do it. And I, I've enjoyed that separation so far. What made you want to use things for, for this? Uh, because it's beautiful and I will never have a repeating content idea. So <laughs> I'm not going to hit their, their limitations. So like this is one of those things where like I'm just trying to get in your, your headspace for this. Mm. So if you just like, you're like, oh, I want say like I want to write an article about this. You will just go and put it in things. You would never put it in tick tick because like, oh, remind me to do it on Wednesday. If I had a date in mind, it would go in tick tick. Uh -huh. Like, oh, I want right. to cover this on this date. But for other ideas that like, for instance, like YouTube videos I want to put on the channel you know, basically that's just like a list of computers and 
at some point when I get back around to making another video, I'll go in there and see which one sort of tickles my fancy in the moment. So they're more, uh, they're not as tied to a schedule in this state. But mm-hmm. if an idea does come up that, you know, I, I know, hey, I want to do this next week or I want to do it on this date to hit an anniversary or whatever it is, then it'll become a task. But these are sort of like, floating ideas in the mist and I can just reach out and grab one if I want it. Because like all of this stuff for me, this is what goes in a notes app. Like this is how I think of it in my mind. Like, so if I had something specific where I was like, oh, I want to do this thing or I have this idea. And if I can ever think of any way at which a date could be attached to it, it would go in OmniFocus. But, if it's like an idea, like you're saying, like, oh, I have something I want to make an episode of a show about, or I've had an idea for like a product or a merch thing that I want to do or whatever, then it would go into notes for me because I would consider these kinds of things as like parts of brainstorms or they would be a jumping off point for more thinking. So it either goes into, depending on what it's about, it will either go into notes or craft because I have basically now at this point for like the two areas of work that I think about, I like split it down the middle. Most of it goes in notes. I also put personal stuff in notes and then craft for other types of work stuff. Right now, it's anything to do with Cortex brand. It all goes in to craft because that's where like come out with product ideas and all that kind of stuff. That all goes in craft. I'm actually really enjoying craft more and more like text and images and drawing and multimedia are all living in one place. The structure and organization is good. And the more I'm getting used to it, the more I'm like looking past the parts that I find to be a bit weird because I'm benefiting so much from what I enjoy about it. I could imagine moving more and more stuff to craft in the future because I'm genuinely enjoying everything that it can do, the way it works, the way I can format and how often they're adding new features. But to me, like all of this kind of stuff, it always just finds its way into a note of some kind until it's ready to become a task, if that makes sense. Like if if I was doing what you were doing, Stephen, if I was like making uh, YouTube videos, right, I would just have a YouTube videos note, like video ideas note, and I would put all my video ideas in there yeah. until I was ready to then go ahead and do one of those like sim- like this an example for me is the keyboard stream stuff i'll have an idea i'll be like oh i want to try doing this thing and i have a stream ideas uh note and i put all my ideas in there and then every wednesday i have a task in omnifocus to confirm what i want to do for the, that friday's stream so like that's kind of the the way that this stuff works in me it's like if it's not like a task of a due date and stuff, it's just going to go in a note somewhere because that's kind of like how I f- think and feel about all that, that kind of content. It just lives in a notes app. That's what I used to do. Something about having it just as a list kind of in its own place just seems to make more sense to me, but I, I totally get it. I've been thinking about this a lot, as I said a few minutes ago, especially in the context of not just the, the the tension that I that I mentioned between the text editor and the task manager, but also something that I do, which is how do I decide what is an idea and what is a task, and where do you draw the line um, be, when it comes to you know things that you have on your mind, like things that you're thinking about. 
how do you know when those things become actionable, as the GTD people would say? And so I think it's important for me to clarify here how anything I put into my task manager, Mike said this before, I think we're very similar in that regard. Anything that goes into the task manager has a date attached to it. At the very least, there's a date. Most of the times, personally, um, there's also a time because I try to schedule my day pretty well, not down to the minute, but I try to save some things for the morning and some things for the afternoon and, uh, you know, try to follow that sort of structure. But anything that goes into my task manager anyway as a date. And by giving it a date, it means I'm making it actionable on a specific day and usually at a specific moment of the day. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I find myself doing this a lot where... I may have a few things on my mind of like ideas for stories or ideas for shortcuts, right? But I need to think about them some more. And something that I I guess I do a lot, and maybe it's not optimal in terms of, you know, uh, saving brain power resources, I let those ideas simmer for a long time. And I, I guess maybe I, like, I continually process them in the background i don't have an exact way to describe this but like when i think of something i tend to be very deliberate especially as i grow older with the articles that i write and with the shortcuts that i make and i don't know i just feel like i need to think about stuff for a while before i commit to it but in that in that time period right when i have the idea and when i let the idea just sit there for a while is that a task is that still an idea? I think it, I personally classify it as an idea. I don't think it's a task. It's not a clear item that can be checked off a list. But it's also more than an idea, right? Because I'm developing the idea. And I guess maybe I am part of the problem because maybe I need to be more, um, let's say, official in like, taking notes about the idea and literally documenting every single thought that is in my mind about that idea. Maybe I don't do that as often as I should, but I still don't think it makes that jump right away from idea to task. And, it, and I find it really weird as a, as a concept, which is why maybe I keep wishing for an integra- a two-way communication between my note-taking app and my task manager, because it's those lines are very blurry, at least in my mind. Hmm. And so what, I, what I've started doing for the past uh, year or so, and I think I mentioned this before, I have this personal note that I open many, many times every single day called the dashboard, uh, which is literally like a, a text note that has um, a bunch of, I call them quick links at the top, those are basically launchers for things that I do frequently. So taking notes for Connected, taking notes like saving ideas for app stories or um, saving an idea for an article. And so those are quick links that take me to other notes where I save those ideas. And then there's a line break, like a horizontal line separator. And then it's just a blank note. And when I think of something that is not a task, but it's also something that is semi-actionable, I save it there. Because then I got to decide, okay, what am I going to do with this? Like, for example, um, yesterday, 
a friend of ours. Um, so my friends have started doing this thing where when they need to do um, screenshot, uh, when when they need to do translations for from Italian to English, they ask me. Uh, it's like, hey, can you can you give this like a like a second read to make sure that it's proper English? And I'm happy to do it. It's fine. So this friend, she texted me yesterday saying, hey, I have this uh, pages document that I translated to English, but, you know, I'm not I'm not sure about the English translation. Can you do it at some point? And what I did was I just put a reminder in the dashboard note saying at some point this week, you got to do this. I don't know when. I don't know when I will have the time to do this. I know that I have to do it eventually. I don't like the idea of scheduling it right away, but I also don't want to for, forget about it, right? And so I save it there. And then it's a bunch of other things like, oh, let me look right now, I guess. I think without, without making a joke, I'm not trying to make a joke, but this sounds like the kind of way that a lot of people use tools like Notion. Like people have what they call these personal dashboards and stuff like that, where it's pulling data from... Uh, mine is not fancy. Mine is just text. <laughs> no, no, no. I know, I know, I know. It, it, it's, it's very manual. Um, but I'm just saying, like, it's like a, a similar idea, I think. Just so execute the idea is, yes, I guess it's similar to that. I guess the idea is, I just want to have an in-between space where I can save things that technically they are, they're not tasks, right? In the GTD sense. Sometimes they are ideas for, like, sometimes I just open the note and say, think about, I don't know, uh, think about a connected topic, right? For example, it's not a task. I'm reminding myself to think about something that will become a task eventually. But it's just I feel better about having this space that it's sort of like a, like a brain organizer. I don't know how to call it. I guess dashboard is a good, way, a good word for it. It's a place where I can organize everything that's on my mind, even though those things are not tasks. I don't know. Maybe I'm weird, but it just I, I'm feeling a lot better since I've been doing this. Um, I still forget about stuff uh, sometimes, um, which is why, like, sometimes I when we're driving and Sylvia and I were talking and she's like, she, su- she suggests, like, things to try for the club or things to try for Mac stories. I'm like, can you please open the dashboard note? Can you please save it there? Because otherwise I'm going to forget. And she never wants to do it. Um, And I tend to forget about those things. So what I've noticed about myself is I have to write down everything that I'm thinking about. And I like having this middle ground for things that are future tasks, I guess, would be another way to call them. These are future tasks that haven't taken shape yet. But the seed of those tasks exist somewhere, but I'm not ready to put them in a task manager yet. I, I don't feel comfortable creating tasks that say, think about topic, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, a task for me is like an actual thing to do. Like sit down and write for 30 minutes. That's a task. I guess maybe sit down and think would be a... I don't know. There's something about it that makes me feel odd i i do think that there is an element of these tools becoming more prevalent for people like the stuff like notion and rome and craft and as an idea of providing a place for these types of things to go 
I do think that it's it's becoming a uh, a thing that people are finding use in, and you've just got your own way of of doing it. How often do you check in with this note? Oh, multiple times a day. Okay. Yeah, it's. Uh, right. I got a custom icon in my iPhone dock to nice. open oh, the, the note. Dock. Fancy. Yeah. 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 Also, I feel like a part of the reason is it creates less pressure mm-hmm. than seeing like twenty five tasks due today in your task manager. Because when I open the dashboard, I see oh, these are not like critical and urgent tasks. These are like reserve some time for thinking and consider this idea. Yeah. I don't know. I and I tried to be a sort of a like a hyper scheduler before, right? I tried to live that kind of lifestyle. And it was just terrible. And then everything becomes overdue and everything gets like a red font and you get the badge on the icon. So I don't like to do that anymore. I tend to be very... My task manager doesn't have a lot of tasks and that's not because I don't have work to do, not because I'm lazy, but because I try to be very, again, very deliberate with the things that mm-hmm. I put in there and I try to be realistic also. Like, what what's the purpose of scheduling five tasks at 5 p.m.? It's not like at 5 p.m. I can do five things, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Oh, it's, it, it is tricky. And I think that yeah. it's okay if it is fluid and changes over time. The The problem of I need to remind myself to have time to think about something is definitely tricky. Sometimes I do put those as a task of like, mm. you know, usually with the verb being like plan, like plan for this series or plan for this episode. But that's so... I like that. I like that. Yeah, plan but it, even that's kind of fuzzy. It's thinking um, time, but most of the time, I guess. Yeah, I'm. I make tasks like that too, which are which are like it's like instructing me to do something. Think about this. And so you make tasks for those with with the due date and a, and the due time. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-mm. I see. I guess. I guess also part of the problem, at least on Apple platforms, and at least I guess on iOS and iPadOS, is the the capturing of these ideas. Right. Really, the fastest way. On, on iOS is to use reminders and to use either Siri on the iPhone or the Apple Watch to say, hey, remind me about this. Um, and that's by far the easiest way. But I think it's uh, folks feel this problem a lot less on the Mac, right? Because you don't have those kinds of limitations. You can add the OmniFocus quick entry window and it's the same for things and Todoist and you can have Apple scripts launching system-wide. But I'm feeling that right, on iOS. That's why I end up creating a custom icon that launches my dashboard because the having the, the fastest possible capture for these ideas, for these tasks and say my tasks is really important for me. Making it easy and super fast to be able to, to get an idea out of my brain and into some kind of page. Um, which is why in the context of the evolution of iOS and iOS 15, I really hope that Apple expands this thing that they don't want you to call changing the default in Siri, but it's basically what it is. (laughs) I really hope that they continue down this path of uh, letting you pick a default for Siri and that the next uh, domains for this will be note-taking and task management. Imagine if you could just say, hey, 
assistant, uh, remind me about this, and it goes into things, or it goes into OmniFocus, and same for like make a note, instead of going into Apple Notes, it goes into drafts, right? Or craft, or something else like that. So I really hope that Siri, they continue to expand that intelligent recommendation engine that they that they have for 14.5. But otherwise, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm continuing to think about where, I, where I'm at at the moment with like the relationship between my note-taking app and my task manager and how do I understand when something is a note and when it becomes a task. It's a, I don't know, it's a, it's a topic that I, I, not something that I think I've solved. This episode of Connected is also brought to you by Squarespace. If you have a new idea, a new business, a new project, you should start with Squarespace. It lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain name, award-winning templates, and so much more. So if you need an online store or a portfolio or a blog or a members-only section or a podcast, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that lets you do all of that stuff. And there's nothing to install. There are no patches to worry about. No upgrades are needed. Squarespace has all of that covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. Let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name, and all of their award-winning templates are beautifully designed to show off your great ideas. One of my favorite things about working in Squarespace is that if you need to add functionality to your site later on, you don't have to burn it down and start over. You can just say, hey, add a blog here. Put a portfolio over there. Yes, I do need a store now. It can grow with your project or your company over time. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com connected. When you decide to sign up, use the offer code connected to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain name and to show your support for the show. Once again, that's squarespace.com connected and the code CONNECTED to get 10% off your first purchase. We thank Squarespace for the support of the show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. So Lauren Good wrote a really wonderful article at Wired talking about how the devices and services that she uses kept reminding her of painful memories after having ended a relationship and calling off a wedding in late 2019. It is truly fantastic, incredibly well-considered, researched piece that you should read. She speaks to people at uh, companies like Google and Pinterest about how they create their memories features, the impacts that they think this stuff might have. And it is, I think, a rare article... uh, the the around technology which interweaves personal with the technology in the sense of like she moves backwards and forwards as she tells the story between this is tech and this is me uh interviewing someone in one of these companies now let me tell you a bit more of the personal side of it again and she as she kind of like tells her story of the last year at the same time. It really, I'm not doing it justice. Like you really should read it. It's incredible. I had seen people linking to it, but I hadn't read it until I I just hadn't gotten to it yet. And then I saw uh, Stephen's link to it on 512, which was a also beautiful, heartfelt and open 
discussion about some of the experiences that he has faced with family struggles, which you should also read, and they will both be on the show notes. I don't know how much of it you want to necessarily touch on uh, right now, or if you feel like it's worthy of touching on right now for the context. Yeah, I mean, just just briefly, I, I think longtime listeners will know our oldest son was diagnosed with brain cancer as a as a baby and underwent chemo and treatment and surgery all at St. Jude. That's why Relay FM raises money for St. Jude every year uh, because of their life-saving work, not only in our family's life, but in lots of families' lives. So uh, that clearly was a very traumatic time. And uh, and yeah, that's kind of where this article picks up. And so I wanted to talk about some of this stuff a little bit because like to, you know, this is definitely something I've been thinking about. Uh, I think everyone the three of us as well. The last year or two, there have been some difficult things that have happened in our lives. Mm -hmm. And as I'm sure, you know, like many people have had tough times over the last year, but I think we've all had some uh, uniquely weird or tricky things occur that aren't necessarily COVID-related or not COVID-related at all. And one of the things that, is very strange is that you don't have to look for memories anymore or you don't have to be nostalgic and go and check your photos because your memories come find you. And and sometimes these memories include things or people that you might not want to necessarily be thinking about at that moment. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes this comes about in really uh, beautiful moments yeah, um, or re- memories that hit you out of the blue and you're like, oh, it's so good. Or like, I really miss that person, but it's a good thing. You know, like I see pictures of the three of us together and it's like, I really miss that, but I know it will happen again. You know, so like it's it's an optimistic type of thing. But sometimes there are things that pop up that you either would want to forget or it's like, I didn't necessarily want my day derailed by seeing this person's face right now. And there is almost like this feeling of our memories being weaponized (laughs) against us in some way to make us feel things like good I mean, in, by intention, I believe with these systems, they're meant to make you feel good things. So therefore, you love your device or love your service more because it's reminding you of these good things. Mm-hmm. But there is no real distinction between what's good and bad. It, the system doesn't care. The system doesn't know what's good or bad, right? Because... You were going to say the system doesn't care. I actually think that is also relevant. Yeah. Because, like, I do believe that there is work that can be done which is complicated um, to 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 try and alleviate some of these issues. Like, I, I'll give an example. And this just feels like an example to me which I feel like could be written into, say, the photos widget, right? If... I have lots of photos of someone over a period of time, and then there are no more photos of that person. I was about to suggest that, yes. Stop showing me photos of that person for a bit. Yep. Because what could that mean? That could mean that person died. That could mean that person has broken up with somebody else, right? Like, 
you know, especially breakups, right? And I think this is one, of, or a, a like a, it could be of a, of a pet as well, right? It's not yeah. just a person, but like, especially if I have tagged this person in my photos library to suggest that they're that important of me, and if I take a picture of them once a week, and then for a month there are no pictures, maybe just don't show me them for a bit and see if it changes. If it doesn't. Let's just chill for a bit on reminding yeah. me of that person. Because this is a big thing for breakups. It's the thing that, that Lauren is talking about in her article. Like, you know, relationships end. And when they do, typically what you don't want is to keep having to think about that person. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But like, you yeah. know, like, and, and I think that this is also uh, sometimes, I think even more so with... Uh, death because that person's gone right i've I've been having this very issue um i i haven't mentioned it publicly um uh but i guess this is the right um segment for it uh, so my dad passed away uh six months ago actually on the day that i had to publish my ios 14 review actually 30 minutes before i had to publish my ios 14 review yeah and um the reason why I don't use the photos widget and the reason why I like it stops stops me in my tracks whenever I, I uh, sometimes accidentally like open the people section of the photos app. It's that the that it keeps recommending photos um, of of my dad and it, and it, it comes up and the, at the very top of the people list. And it's like it, I know how to get rid of that face like as photos calls it like people faces whatever but that doesn't stop the memories but it doesn't stop the memories and it doesn't stop the photos widget and it doesn't like the system again it doesn't the system doesn't care the system doesn't know but it should right it should like the algorithms they should be infused with some sense of humanity i think it's what we're getting mm -hmm. at here because like I shouldn't have to... F software on my phone shouldn't make me feel bad, I think. And, and the same applies to social networks. The same applies to, you know, uh, Facebook recommending a memory from seven years ago with somebody that you either broke up with or maybe that person died. And I think the more we are now using these devices and the more personal they get because they get they have so much data about us they have so much information and arguably these algorithms have gotten really smart at things like identifying people identifying animals like they are very good at being computers and they are very bad at being human that's the thing and so yeah I I can like uh, I don't have a good solution for this. I think practically speaking, I also had the same idea that you had, Mike, of like, maybe if you can find this person in photos in a while, maybe use that as a signal, right? That it means mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. And I know that Apple, you know, I talk about Apple because that's the topic that I know more closely. I know that they do things like, oh, and now we can recognize in photos when somebody is smiling or when they're looking straight at the camera or we recognize blurry photos. I mean, that's great, technically speaking, but also you should account for the other side of this, which is like in the Lawrence story, you know, I broke up with this person or what Stephen wrote. Like, 
you know maybe those memories from from years ago from a different you know from a different time you can find those photos but you shouldn't make assumptions that those are happy photos it's not that even that the tools aren't good enough because the tools aren't good enough but at least the way that apple does it you know say a photo comes up and i don't want it in the widget for whatever reason i can only act on that photo once it's shown it to me i mean it's like getting punched in the face and then saying please don't punch me a second time it's like i i'm i've already you've already hit me with it yeah and now i've got to go in and tell it i want you to for, you know keep this image out of featured images or block this memory or forget this face whatever it is and again like i'm with you federico i don't know how all that's fixed but there should be better tools around this, whether that's some sort of opt-in. Like, yes, I want memories, but only from these five people and not necessarily everybody else, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But it just, it really just struck me in her article that, you know, something that I've dealt with and I think a lot of other people deal with. And, you know, most of the time, I really love the photos widget. I have it on my second screen on my phone. And, most of the time it's fantastic, but there are those times where there is an image that I, I don't want to be reminded of or that I uh, I know that if I see it, it's going to put me in a place I don't want to be. And mm-hmm. that's just, it's just really tricky to find that, that balance. And we're going to talk about some ways, maybe some other ways to go about this. But yeah, I really want to talk about how, how that actually uh, affects us as people, because I think it's something that anyone could could deal with and so you know like similarly to federico uh at the end of 2019 and in the beginning of 2020 we had two surprising and pretty significant family deaths like they just was pretty tough and these people pop up yeah still and it's just like i know why you're showing me this but like you know and i just think after I think that there's going to be a bit of a reckoning for this type of stuff after what 2020 has been. You know, like so many people have lost family members this year that like I can only assume that these types of features are just going to start to get like people are just going to start getting more and more upset at them. You know, and like there are a couple of ways to to do things. I mean, one of them is one that I have done is and it's not great, really. It's just like, I've had to delete some images. And it's like, this is not yeah. really the solution. Yeah. You know, like, and, and a way to handle that is like, if, if there are images that I think I might want in the future, I just remove them from photos, right? Like, I save them somewhere else, and maybe I will bring these back later on. But that's also kind of like a real ham-fisted way to handle this and like so we're talking about the widget but it's not just the widget Mm-mm. right because like the photos app like is now really wanting these things in your face and again i want to just say like when i find so more frequently i find good things but the good feeling that i feel is not as strong as the bad feeling if i find a bad image right it's like the the misbalance is so off mm. that like I could go I could have like six days in a row all happy memories but then one day a bad thing and then I'm upset more in that day for seeing that image than I am uh, in others 
I will give everybody a tip though for a thing that I've done, which makes me happier. Um, and I've recommended to some people in my life. We've previously spoke about Widget Smith. Um, if you like the idea of the photos widget, but the photos widget has stuff in it that's painful for you, pick a bunch of images uh, over a period of time and put them into a folder, like an album in the Photos app, and then create a Widget Smith widget which pulls images from an album. And then you can have them in all sizes and it can show up and then you're just going to see only the images that you've chosen. So all happy memories, right? So like, because honestly, like ever, we all know this, uh, AI, machine learning, it's not clever. Like every company tries to talk about how smart their systems are. The systems are stupid, right? These systems aren't smart, right? It's like, it's like trying to cut something with a hammer, it's like, it will break it in yeah. half, right? Like, you keep <laughs> smashing it. You are going to cut this thing in half, but you're doing it in a very, very blunt way. It's This is not the way that you want to mm-hmm. do this. And, like, that's where we are yeah. with this stuff. And all of the tech companies are trying to talk, you know, they try and talk about how smart their systems are, but they just aren't, right? And so I think that there is an element of trying to be aware of yourself and and especially like with taking an example from Stephen of like looking at yourself, trying to understand what is the thing that's upsetting me and then taking steps for yeah. it before it becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, th- and that's really why I wrote what I did. It wasn't so much about these systems should be better, although that is totally true. But for me, I was in a situation where, okay, there's a set of photos from a specific time span um, before our son was diagnosed. And now I can see the symptoms uh, that he was experiencing, but I couldn't then because I didn't know to look for them. No no parent would. Um, they're subtle and neuro stuff is weird. But, you know, for a long time, I've really struggled when one of those photos has popped up really feeling really bad. And um, and it got to a point where it was inhibiting me from really moving on, uh, you know, moving forward in life. And when something is like that, you know, where it, it can really derail you in a way or it can it can cause, you know, shame and fear and anxiety and all those things. And like, you know, maybe it is time to to deal with those on a, on a more uh, serious or professional level. And that's that's kind of where I was. And I mm-hmm. wrote about that in the piece. But, you know. I think there's levels to this. Yeah, there may just be pictures I don't want to be reminded of, like a spring break trip that went sideways. But then there's other images that, like, okay, if I have this visceral reaction to them every time, you know, that that's a feels like a different thing. I also wanted to to have one final tip when it comes to apps. Like, if you want to have a photo widget, and if you like Mike, also keep your best photos in a in a in a separate album but if you want to have like a photo widget with a bunch of extra controls um i believe the developer of launcher um they released a new app a few days ago called smart photo widget and it's really nice because it's got a bunch of filters uh, so you can point the app at an album and they have filters for like automatically skipping photos where your eyes are closed or like overexposed photos, uh, blurry photos, uh, screenshots. Uh, they have a bunch of settings that you can tweak. And so it's like a, it's a it's a similar take on other photo widgets that you may have found on the App Store. But this one is really nice because it's got a bunch of options and a bunch of uh, 
different filters for picking your best photos. So um, all of this should really be built into the default uh, photo widget by Apple. But hey, uh, that's where third-party developers come in. What's the name of that one? Federico smart smart photo widget uh, if it doesn't come up in search you can find it by looking for launcher and then clicking on the developer uh, profile page yes Stephen just put in a link in the discord as well that is the correct one japes <laughs> sometimes <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's like Not what always. if sometimes it's like what if japes were sad right <laughs> <laughs> well, this was it was just something that I, I don't know it felt important yeah I mean we can be serious too you know it is important uh, especially if you're you know kind of in the situation that I was in with it where it was it was just overwhelming and you know if that's where you are with this stuff then like I would encourage you to to find somebody to talk to about that. Um, I said this in my tweet. I didn't really expect to like talk about my PTSD on the internet this week, but uh, I believe that, you know, it was a good response to Lauren's piece and that we're talking about it for a reason. So, you know, if you have something like this that you're struggling with, um, take some time and consider it. And yes, it's, it's always good to, to ask for help. There's, there's absolutely no shame or embarrassment about that whatsoever. It can be a very useful tool to, to speak to somebody else. Something that I discovered over the past few months is like, don't be afraid to ask for help and just to talk even to like a relative or a friend about it. Like, people are willing to listen to you. If you, if you, you know, if you have somebody close to you, don't be afraid to open up and talk about stuff. That's what I did, and I'm, and I'm, it really helps. Please read Lauren Good's article because it's just sublime. I think that does it this week. Mm-hmm. If you want to find links to the stuff we spoke about, uh, they're in your podcast app of choice probably but they're also on the web all the time at relay.fm slash connected slash three four zero while you're there you can send us an email i love emails send me some emails you know he loves them <laughs> he can't get enough of them he's always texting us saying oh i love these emails i printed them out and mailed them to y'all you'll get them soon good luck you can also become a member and get access to Connected Pro, which is a longer ad-free version of the show. This week, we decided on what to call listeners of the show. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to leave it at that for now. Mm-hmm. You can find us all online if for some reason you want more of us. You can find Mike on Twitter as I-M-Y-K-E. Mike hosts uh, keyboard streams over on Twitch at Mike.Live. And he hosts a bunch of other shows here on Relay FM. You can find Federico on Mac Stories, where he is the editor in chief, keeping out for his 14.5 article whenever Apple decides to update iOS again. <laughs> whenever that is. Debate <laughs> right next week. Can't wait. Uh, you can find him on Twitter as Vitici as well. Now, for the last several months, I've been asking Federico questions, mm. yes. right? To better get to know him. Yeah, as you would on a first date. Oh, so they're you're done now. They're over. Are we moving to the second date? <laughs> <laughs> I'm building okay. up to my question. Okay, tell me about your and Sylvia's first date. Oh, oh boy. Uh so <laughs> she's gonna hate me. Hey, but, um, yeah. We haven't exactly dated in the sense that. Before becoming a couple, 
we had been friends, really close friends for like five years. Uh, we did the entire five years of high school together. And it was in the last um, three months of high school that we realized uh, we actually liked each other um, as more than friends. And how long have you two known each other? Ooh. <laughs> well, like she used to actually she was very mean to me back in middle school. Oh. Uh, to be <laughs> That's fair, that kind of like mean when you like to be fair, like Sylvia you know? in middle school, she was like one of the mean girls at the school. Um and I mean I was also like I was short and kind of you know chubby and like uh, with glasses like I was a bit of a nerd uh and um I did like uh, you know it's it's not like I was bullied or anything which just uh, I was not one of the cool kids at all um thankfully I always made it up in terms of like being fun and like having uh, like I've always been this way like I was a bit of a nerd but I always had like the joke ready to go in class so Sylvia doesn't didn't really notice me back in middle school i did notice her um for sure but then we ended up in high school together and high school in italy is different from from um from the from america in that it's the same class with the same people for five years and so we had been in high school in the same class same group of 25 something kids for five years and then it was in the very last few months of high school that I realized, you know, I actually like I like her more than as a friend. <laughs> and she thought the same, but we were like not admitting that to each other. And so in Italy, in, in Italian high school, I guess, there's this uh, tradition. I don't know if it if it's the same elsewhere, Mike, in the UK, maybe, I don't know. We call it the 100 days lunch, where basically 100 days before the final exams, uh, the class has a lunch together with the uh, alongside the teachers huh. at a restaurant. How well, nice! That's fun. Yeah, it's a nice tradition. It's fun. It's like three months, basically three months and something before the final exams. We go, we all go to lunch together at a restaurant, and so the first date, I guess, will be um, Sylvia and I got drunk and they found us making out outside. <laughs> Along with 98 of your fellow students. <laughs> <laughs> the most intimate of first dates. No, it's not 98 people. It's 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 a hundred it's a hundred days, Mike, not a hundred people. Oh yeah, and, I've, I've, uh, I've just yes. Was it okay. yeah, and then That's good. Uh, my, my best friend one of my best friends uh, back then, he found us and was like, Oh, you guys have finally realized <laughs> <laughs> it was about it said something along the lines of like it was about time or something like that they were all really happy for us and my friend he actually he brought us back home and we kept making out in the back seat and uh then we never stopped uh, being together or, or making, making out, out. <laughs> <laughs> never stopped so, yeah to this day yeah so there there was really never like a proper date you can find me on Twitter as ISMH. I host a bunch of other shows here on Relay FM. And I have my blog. Blogs are still a thing. I write it over at 512pixels.net. Go check it out. Uh, before we go, I want to tell you about another show here on Relay FM that I think you would enjoy. And that is Clockwise. They are live on Wednesdays just before us. But that's not a problem because 
They cover four tech topics in just 30 minutes. It's a lot of fun. Rotating panel. Go check it out at relay.fm slash clockwise or search for clockwise wherever you get your podcasts. I'd like to thank the sponsors of this show. Hello, Smile, and Squarespace. And until next week, guys, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Bye, y'all.